Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't you high five your neighbor and greet them and tell them you're glad to see them on Friday night? Here at the Life Church. Praise God. What a delight and honor it is to be here. And I just want to go on record and say I love the Gleason family. I love the Gleason family. And uh, Bishop Gleason, Sister Gleason, Brother Gleason, Sister Gleason. As we say in Louisiana, air one of them. Air one of them. All of y'all. We love them. And um, of course, I was here for passing the mantle. And this place has just held such a special place in my heart ever since then. And I have the utmost respect for your leadership. And so Bishop Gleason, Brother Justin Gleason, and then the more handsome and sophisticated Caleb it's good to be here with him wherever he's at. I lost him. Uh, and so I honor him and this wonderful family. All the leadership here, Brother Santa Mary and his family. God bless them. Well, we're here. We might as well just have church. Well, I got four of you. I said we're here. We might as well just have church. Is that all right? Now, I was supposed to be here yesterday. My flight got canceled due to uh, the Armageddon of snowstorms that decided to come through and um, canceled my flights. And I'm here, so we have gone through a lot. You've gone through a lot to get to this moment. A lot of prayer, a lot of fasting, a lot of sacrificing and building up anticipation for this moment. So if you are here tonight to just have um, one song and a good sermon and a dismissal prayer, you have come to the wrong place. You have come to the wrong place. You know, the hour is, is, is too late. It's too late to just come in and patty cake around and just have quote unquote good church. It's too late for all that, too late in the game. We gotta be apostolic. So let's stand all over the house. I wanna turn your attention to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 42, let's do chapter 42. believe that tonight will be the the groundwork for what God wants to do tomorrow and on Sunday in prayer I felt very strongly in my spirit and from what the Holy Ghost has spoken to me that God wants to heal some things and God wants to mend some things in some people here today 
<clears throat> Isaiah 42, verse number one, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom my soul delighteth. I've put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench. A bruised reed shall he not break and the smoking flax shall he not quench. You'll understand my title as we progress here tonight, but I want to talk to you about fragments and futures. Fragments and futures. I came to minister here tonight, not to just preach. I came to just peel back those layers and get down deep into some places that you don't let anybody have access to. I came to let the Holy Ghost just, just peel back those layers and get down deep into those places that you don't let anybody touch. Some things that have been sitting there festering year after year after year that you've never dealt with, that you've never let heal. And the Holy Ghost wants to reach down and mend some things and heal some things. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Would you just lay your Bible down and would you lift your hands and lift your voice and let's pray. There's a wind of the Spirit blowing into this house right now. Come on, would you just lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost. We need you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, why don't you get vulnerable with him right now? Would you just lift your hands, open your heart, open your voice? Come on, let him know, God, I need you to reach down and mend some things. Be open with him tonight. Come on. I tell you what, why don't you reach over and grab the hand of the person you're standing next to. Let's pray one for another. Come on, let's pray one for another. Let's set the precedent for the next two days in this service. Thank you, Jesus. 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 
Thank you for the healing you're about to do in this house, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles you're about to work. Come on, why don't you clap your hands if you believe that Jesus is about to put some things back together. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Fragments and futures. God bless you. You can be seated. For some time now, I've been fascinated throughout Scripture with the subject of the kingdom. And with that being said, I want to remind us here tonight that we are not part of just any organization. We are not on the same playing field as the local country club. We are not just some charity that exists to better humanity but we are the church of the living God. And we are part of a kingdom that is an everlasting kingdom. It's a forever kingdom. And there is only one king in this kingdom. And believe it or not, it's not you and it's not me, but it's Jesus Christ. And throughout Scripture, I'm just so fascinated with the subject of the kingdom. And in Mark chapter 1, especially within those first few verses, those first few verses are replete with kingdom language and kingdom terminology. And the voice of a man by the name of John the Baptist is heard preaching about the arrival of that kingdom. He is preaching about a way that would be established for humanity to walk. He is preaching about the arrival of the king of that kingdom, of somebody that is not just another prophet, that is not just another rabbi, that is not just another teacher, but he is preaching about the arrival of the king of that kingdom that he was preaching about. But eventually there had to come a point where the narrative was no longer just preaching about what was coming and about what was on the way. But there had to be a transition among humanity where they were no longer just anticipating what was coming, but they began to embrace what had already arrived. And I believe that's where you and I are in 2022. Somewhere along the way, there has got to be a transition in our spirit. And there has got to be a shift in our expectancy and our anticipation in the kingdom where we are no longer just singing about the revival that is coming. And we are no longer just preaching about the revival that is coming, but we begin to 
step into the authority that we have as the people of God and embrace the revival that is already here. And so what had to happen is the voice that kept saying the kingdom is coming had to be removed. So that way the king of the kingdom could show up and say the kingdom is not just on the way, but the kingdom has now arrived. And so the Bible said that Jesus, after John was put in prison, he came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. So now here Jesus is. He's shown up and he's saying the kingdom you've been hearing about, it's not just on the way. It's not just in route to you, but the kingdom has now arrived. And Jesus began walking throughout Galilee, looking for the very first ones to invite to be a part of something he had never done in the earth before. But can I tell you what Jesus was extending an invitation to be a part of. It was not just another Friday night service. It was not just another camp meeting. It was not just another passing the mantle. It was not just another general conference. But he was extending an invitation to be a part of something that had never taken place in the earth before. And that's exactly the invitation that I feel the Holy Ghost extending to the Life Church in Kansas City here tonight. It is not just another invitation for another year to have revival, but it is an invitation to see and experience something that God has never done in the earth before. And so when he's walking across the shore of Galilee, the Bible said that he walked by the Sea of Galilee and he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And these were the first two individuals that Jesus extended an invitation to to be a part of the kingdom he was establishing in the earth. And he said, come ye after me and I will make you to to become fishers of men. That word make there literally means to create. So here Jesus is looking at imperfect vessels and he is the creative agent and he's saying if you will do your job in following me then I will do my job in forming you. Can I tell you there's an invitation for every person in this room here today to follow after him and be part of an end time revival that you have never seen manifest in the earth before. But I can feel the spirit of doubt and guilt and shame and insecurity and condemnation lying to individuals here. And it's telling you that you're not what you need to be in order to be a part of this end time revival. Can I encourage you here today and say if you'll do your part in following him, God 
God's going to hold up his end of the deal and do his part in forming you and making you and molding you. There ought to be somebody in this house that says, I'm not what I need to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. And I'm going to follow after him with everything I've got. And there will come a day that you are part of the kingdom of God. And they forsook their nets and followed him. And the Bible said when he had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in their ship. Watch this. They were mending their nets. So some of the very first few individuals that Jesus invited into the kingdom, he went looking for somebody that knew how to handle broken things. And when he found somebody that could handle brokenness uh, he said that is exactly what I am looking for but that word mending there it does not simply mean to put back together it literally means to make adjustments to uh, for a future use uh, so they were not just repairing those nets uh, they were preparing those nets uh, to catch fish uh, another day uh, it is amazing to me that when they were handling those fragments uh, they were not not replacing them, but they were repairing them. I've come to remind somebody in this house today, you are not replaceable in the kingdom of God. There is nobody like you in the kingdom of God. We can find somebody to do your job, but we cannot find anybody that will do your job the way you can do your job. So wake up in this house and understand God does not want to replace you. God wants to repair you. And when God prepares you, what he's really doing is he is preparing you to do something you have never done before. Can I preach faith into somebody's spirit and say you haven't sang your last song yet. You haven't seen your last miracle yet. You haven't prayed your last prayer yet. You haven't planted your last church yet. Life Church, you haven't... Come on, I need some help on a Friday night. God is not finished with your life. God does not want to replace you. He wants to repair you so that he can prepare you to do something in the kingdom that you have never done before. And in Isaiah 41, we see where the prophet is writing about the servant of God. And he's talking about the nation of Israel. But then in Isaiah 42, we see where there's an individual that emerges. And this is a messianic prophecy. And God is speaking through the prophet and he's saying, I'm going to raise up an individual. I'm going to manifest myself in the flesh. And when the Messiah enters into the world, he said, my hand and my spirit is going to be upon him. And watch what he says. He says, he shall not cry, 
nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Make no mistake about it, he is a great and a mighty king. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the king of glory, the Lord that is strong and mighty in battle. He is not a weak God. His hand is not weak and his arm is not short. And he is still able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in him, that worketh in us. All power is still given unto him in heaven and in earth. But when it came to dealing with broken and fragmented people, he came into the earth meek and lowly and gentle. And he said that a bruised reed will he not break and a smoking flax will he not quench because uh, the job of this individual is to bind up the brokenhearted. What he was saying was is when the broken and the hurting and the fragmented come to him, he is not going to respond to them in such a way that will bruise them and fragment them and hurt them even more. Why do you think Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is is upon me and hath anointed me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to bind up the brokenhearted. That word bind there literally means to govern. So what he was saying is when the broken comes to me, I will take the fragments of their life and I will put it back together in such a way that it does not break them even more, but it binds them up and repairs them to the point that when I get done with them, I'm going to be the one that governs their life. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me in prayer before church tonight and he said, my people do not have peace because they will not let me govern every area of their life and of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. If you want peace in your life, you gotta take the brokenness, you gotta take the fragments and you gotta surrender it unto him and say, God, I tried to have control over this area of my life but all I've got is a mess can I tell you today God will let your life fall apart if it means he gets to have control over it when it's done Maybe the reason God let your ministry fall apart is because God wasn't governing it. Maybe the reason your family fall apart, fell apart is because God wasn't governing it. Maybe the reason your future seems like it's in shambles is because God was not governing it. Maybe the reason your finances and your mental health and your physical body is falling apart is because God was not governing it. But you need to rejoice in this house because when God puts it back together he says now I'm in control now I've got the authority now I'm leading you and guiding you I think you ought to do that right now. Let's give him everything right now. Come on. Let's surrender it unto him. God, you've got my ministry. You've got my finances. You've got my future. Uh.
Be seated for just a moment. And so I came here tonight, not just to minister to the outward man, but I came here tonight to dig down deep into those places that you've kept boxed up and suppressed. I'm talking about things that happened to you when you were just a child. And you think that the things that are happening in your life are not a byproduct of those wounds that have never healed. But you hear me in this house today. God is going to reach down deep and peel back the layers and get into areas of your life that you've never let anybody else have access to and he's going to heal you in a single moment. But he said, a bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. I was at a conference several months ago, and I was standing on the front row, and I looked up, and there was a woman. She was standing on the platform, and the Lord showed me a vision of her, and he showed me her sitting on the edge of her bed in her bedroom, in a dark bedroom, and she had her hand in her face, and tears were streaming down her face, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, she's dealing with thoughts of suicide and she's dealing with depression and insecurity about who she is and what I've called her to do. I went to her after service and I told her what the Lord had shown me and tears began to flow down her face and she collapsed under the weight of the power of God because Jesus did not come to hurt her or break her even more because of her vulnerability. He came to take the fragments and put it back together. And so can I tell you in this house, suicide is not your answer. Will you believe the lie in Pentecost that said suicide is a fast ticket to heaven or an easy way out? I've came to preach that off of somebody in this house today and let you know your life does have value. Your life does have a purpose. Don't take the pills. Don't pull the trigger. Put it down and let God put your fragments back together. Hey, we need to wake up here tonight. We don't have time for patty cake prayer. I need somebody to lift their hands and go to battle in the spirit. That spirit, it wants your family. It wants your kids. It wants your youth group. It wants everybody. Listen, I understand. Here's, here's what you need to understand about that scripture. It said, a bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. You have to understand that a smoking flax, it has damage on the outside, but a bruised reed has damage on the inside. We preach in Pentecost that God can open the blinded eyes, that God can make the lame to walk, that God can make the dumb to talk. We believe God can heal cancer. We 
believe that God can make somebody raise from the dead. We believe that God can make limbs grow that are too short. We believe that God can do any type of miracle concerning the outward man. But I want you to know God can heal your mind. God can take away your depression. He can cure your anxiety. He can touch your abandonment issues. He can deal with your insecurity. He can deal with every problem you've got. Come on, does anybody believe what I'm preaching here today? That's the kind of God that you serve. He will not bruise a smoking flax, but he also will not break a bruised reed. David said, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice once again. He said, I've sinned and it hurts so bad, Brother Justin, that it's like my bones are broken, fragmented. But David repented. And David represents two people in Pentecost. He represents those that have fallen and don't think they can ever get back up. But somebody in this house needs to say, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. You know, it's amazing we don't have an issue forgiving anybody else, but we have a major issue forgiving ourselves. We believe God can restore anybody else, but we beat ourselves to death whenever we fall short of the glory of God. I want you to know if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And then David represents a second kind of person in Pentecost. He represents those that have repented and have gotten back up, but they don't think that they will ever be used in the kingdom of God again. Let me remind you of the prodigal son. When the prodigal son came back the Bible said the father put the ring on his finger you know what that ring meant it wasn't talking about jewelry bishop it was a signet that the father put on the son's hand it's the equivalent to you giving Caleb your credit card or your checkbook with your name on it and anytime the son got ready to make a purchase he would stamp the signet with the father's name and it signified that the father has got the finances to support the purchase there are individuals in this house. You don't think you'll ever have a ministry again. You don't think you'll ever be used of God again. But I've come to let you know go ahead and swipe the card and write the check. The Father has got the finances in the bank. That ought to liberate somebody to shout in this house right now. That means God can restore you. God can put the fragments back together and you can lay hands on the sick. You can still prophesy. You can still see the miraculous. You can still preach. You can still sing. God's not done with your life. 
Holy Ghost spoke to me in prayer and said, he's extending an invitation to the Life Church to a place you've never been before. But before you can go there, he's got to heal some things. And the Holy Ghost wants to peel back those layers. I'm talking about a woman with the alabaster box. Everything she had of worth was boxed up and suppressed. And she held on to it. She protected it. She wouldn't let anybody else have access to it. And that's exactly how some of us can be. We place all of our value and our worth in those things we've boxed up and suppressed. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Mm. And there are some sensitive subjects that anytime it even almost comes up in conversation, you change the conversation because you've got it boxed up in suppression. You don't want anybody to see the things you haven't dealt with. Let's lift our hands and let's pray right here. Let's, let's take a minute. Let's pray. I'm talking about things that happened to you when you were just a kid. And you've just buried it beneath layer after layer after layer after layer. And the entire time I've been preaching, the Holy Ghost has just been peeling back those layers, trying to get down deep into those boxed up and suppressed things that you've never been open and vulnerable with God about. I'm talking about Mephibosheths in this house. Because when word came to the nurse from Jezreel that Jonathan and Saul had both been killed in the same day, the Bible said that the nurse picked up Mephibosheth and made haste. And it amazes me that this is what scripture says. It says that Mephibosheth fell, but Mephibosheth did not fall. Mephibosheth was dropped. 
and he was lame from, for the rest of his life because somebody else that he was left in the care of dropped him. And Mephibosheth means shame. So now he's got to walk around or, or he's got to be carried around for the rest of his life uh, with an identity that he should have never had to begin with, uh, carrying the weight of something that was not his fault. And I cannot believe Scripture says uh, that he fell. He did not fall. He was dropped. Uh, and there are individuals here. I'm talking about things uh, that happened to you when you were just a boy, when you were just a girl. You were left in the care of somebody else. Maybe it was a minister at another church that you sat under. You were under his care and he had a moral failure. Maybe it was a dad that was a father figure. You were left in his care and now you deal with rejection and with abandonment issues and insecurity and low self-esteem because your daddy left you when you were just a boy. I'm talking about full-grown ladies in this house. You didn't have a mother that loved you or ever told you you were beautiful and she didn't have enough time for you. She never taught you how to be a lady and how to dress and how to match. And now you carry this weight and you feel like you've got an impediment because of it. Here's what's about to happen. I, I, just, I just felt angels walk into this room just a moment ago. They, 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 just, they just stepped into this room. Here's what's going to happen. That, that, that alabaster box, all that stuff you've boxed up and suppressed, you hadn't let anybody have access to. Finally, there came a point where that woman said, you know what, enough is enough. I've had this boxed in. I've had this boxed in for too long. If I'm ever going to turn it into a future, I've got to let it fall to fragments. And when she finally broke it, Jesus said, anytime the gospel's preached, this is a memorial unto her forever. When she took all that stuff she had boxed up and suppressed and turned it into fragments, Jesus gave her a future. This is a time for you to be vulnerable right now. This is a time for you to be open. I'm talking about things you've not let anybody have access to. Let him have access to them right now. Are you ready? This altar's open. I want you to make your way to this altar. If you want to pray where you are, that's fine, but this altar's open. There needs to be some brokenness, some openness, some humility, some vulnerability in this room right now. There are some young men. You hear me, young man. You're going to be a great father one day. You're going to be a great husband one day. Young lady, you're going to be a great mother. You're going to be a great wife. There are even some elders in this house right now. You've got some old wounds that you've never let God deal with. God wants to take all of those years of suppressing it and stacking layer after layer after layer. He wants to peel back the layers. Come on. Hey, I understand that some of you might be embarrassed and you might think uh, that something's wrong with you or you, you, you've got some major deficiency if you come to this altar tonight. No, nothing's wrong with you. Uh, you're just a bruised reed in a smoking flax uh, and God wants to heal you here tonight. Come on, give it to him. Give it to him. It's not your fault. Come on, it's not your fault. 
It's not your fault. Come on. God's extending an invitation to the Life Church here tonight. God's going to do something here in this area he's never done before. But his vessels have got to be made whole. Come on, James and John. You're handling brokenness. And God says, you're exactly what I'm looking for. That's it. Let those tears flow. There needs to be weeping in this house right now. Brokenness. Come on. Let it out. Let it out. Let it flow. I wonder if we can lift our voices and let God really know we want him to heal us. We want him to have access to every part of our lives. Come on. He's binding the brokenhearted. He's governing some things here tonight. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice and let God know I receive my healing right now. Come on. Come on, let those tears flow. Let out that groaning, that moaning and groaning which cannot be uttered. Let it out. Let it out. Come on, young lady. Come on, young man. God's healing some things. God's mending a broken heart here today. He's preparing you. He's making adjustments. Come on. There needs to be some intercession right now. Come on, there needs to be some healing prayer that flows into this room right now. I wonder if you could just tap into the Holy Ghost and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, there's another wave sweeping into this house. Come on, you're going to leave this place whole. You're going to leave this place with a future. You're going to leave this place with God governing every part of your life. Come on, those angels are walking throughout this altar right now. Come on, pray with authority. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 
Here's what I feel in the Holy Ghost we need to do. I feel that there are some that are, you're hesitant because you are so conditioned to not let anybody have access that even in this moment, you're still hesitant to open up to God. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I want everybody to stand and I want everybody to come to this altar. I want everybody to come to this altar. If you're still in your seat, I'm asking you to come to this altar. Because the healing power of the Holy Ghost that's in this room is too strong for you to leave without your miracle. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. If God will not further break the broken, then neither will your brother or your sister. And so to let you know that you're not alone and that God wants to heal you, we're gonna pray one more time, but this time we're gonna minister one to another. We're gonna turn and we're gonna heal one another. We're gonna pray and we're gonna intercede for one another. Those of you that know what I'm talking about, that deep pain, I want you to pray for your neighbor the way you want your neighbor to pray for you if it means their prayer is gonna be the key to unlock your miracle. Can you do that? I want you to pray for them the way you would want them to pray for you if it meant that pain was gonna be gone. If it meant that dysfunction was gonna be gone. If it meant that old hurt and that old wound, that insecurity, that, that fear of rejection and abandonment, that low self-esteem, that depression, that thought of suicide, that condemnation, that shame you carry around because of something that happened to you as a byproduct of someone else's actions. How would you want someone to pray for you if it was you that had that pain? There's healing virtue in this room right now. Are you ready? Turn and pray for somebody and I want you to pray with authority. Pray like an apostolic would pray. Don't just pray for one for two seconds and then be done. I release the body to minister to the body in this house. You need to flow in the Holy Ghost. Come on. When you get done praying with one, go pray for another. Come on. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Come on. When you get done praying for one, let the Holy Ghost lead you to another.
flow in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.